Welcome back to another episode of Witty Banter. Your hosts, Nabil, Anika, and Daniel are here. And our special guest today is Monim Rana. Monim, welcome to the program. Thank you. Yes, yes. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, let's see. How do we want to get our conversation started? Well, well we can start <laughs> by, um, you know... Munim has been watching a few episodes, and uh, he's a guest after, you know, he's a, this he's a huge fan of the show. He's, he's <laughs> a huge fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you, what, what engages you with our podcast, and how would you like to share some of your creative endeavors from when you first came to the U.S., maybe, or... Well, one, do you... Um... I mean, do you like listening? I guess you guys, do you like listening to like people? I don't, I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but do you like Howard Stern or any of those? Do you like guys? listening to podcasts? Mm-hmm. I, I have heard of Howard Stern. <laughs> um, so it has to be some uh, subject that interests me. Uh, mm. So typically that's the, my, what leads my interest. And what are you interested in? I know you have a background and career in electrical engineering, mm-hmm. but I imagine you probably, well, maybe you would listen to people who, talk about technology, technology in general what, what kind of interest do you have if you were listen if you were to listen to a podcast maybe financial stuff or what would that be financial is one of my interests i think mm. artificial intelligence is another mm, yes that uh, that does uh, interest me where we are going with that and right uh, all these new ideas about you know where we it'll lead us to right and actually on that so we were talk- mentioning earlier that you are into some farming back in your mm-hmm. uh, homeland of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, I know that there will be many ways to um, improve certain techniques. Do you think there's any way you can, have you had any ideas of implementing some sort of common technology we have here over there? Like for example, automation? Automation would be cool, or even just like security, for example, just setting up security cameras so you can keep an eye on things. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any ideas about implementing some technology over there? So yeah, there. On th- I, I have, but however, I'm uh, currently struggling with just getting the basics uh, up and running. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing this for two years now, and um, first year probably we. Um, uh, lost money uh, this mm. year I think we've broken even mm. um, but every year I'm learning something uh, new that will basically change the outcome and increase the revenue mm. and I th- the f- so the first year was our feed for the fish mm. that was not up to par we were just getting it from any factory and putting that in and uh, it turned out a lot of the factories don't uh, it's all um, pilferaged so mm. I, I would imagine I don't mean to cut you off but I would imagine our viewers do not know your background of what you're doing there oh, so okay. could you kind uh, of start okay. from the beginning sure. okay so uh, this is uh, you know uh, fish farming uh, we started off actually my mother started off with four acres of uh, ponds uh, and the the fish that we do um, grow or <laughs> incubate is that the verb Harvest? that you use uh, for, for fish? I like, I like incubate. incubate. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the local names are Rahu. Um, I mean, we have thought of tilapia, but 
so far because it is uh, another upcoming fish in the uh, Pakistani market. However, the other ones are silver, grass, um, so there's two or three others. Why and fish, though? What, what, what interested you in fish as opposed so to yes, sugarcane and good, wheat? Good question. So, so the reason for picking fish or uh, my, my liking for the fish farming was it requires, because I am not present in Pakistan all the time, 12 months uh, of the year, and actually it's more like two to three months. Fish is one thing where it requires less uh, of uh, direct supervision mm. uh, compared to, for instance, looked into, uh, you know, cattle farming or any other type of, or even actually uh, growing um, uh, regular wheat or rice mm. all those require you have to be there a certain amount of time and it requires more of your time being on top of it, of things this was one which I, and with my two years of experience have validated that that it can be managed uh, with the little time I'm normally there at harvest time mm -hmm. so um, uh, so now I'm dependent basically on one the seed that is put in and that's the most important thing i think we were missing last year mm. is we were putting very uh, a smaller uh, we were saving money uh, so f so here's the process that goes through we have a, a seed f a farm which is about an acre uh, um, of uh, space and the first year uh, you put in seed which is typically an inch and a half to two inches long and that grows up to five to six inches uh, by the time you so the next year you put that when it grows to five to six inches you grow, uh, put that into the larger farms mm. and the total amount of, uh, of uh, acreage now we have is about 20 acres mm -hmm. so we've grown from four to 20 just for the economy of scale now, for me, um, what I enjoy about like uh, creative endeavors is that it consumes my mind. One thing I don't like is to be bored. And so whenever I'm doing something creative, like pro well, programming is my thing, mm -hmm. uh, it helps, in a sense, pass the time. Do you have that same feeling when you're thinking about your farm? It like gives you something to actively chew on in your mentally? So it's basically to making it successful is the goal. Mm. Um, and you asked me about technology. So those are things uh, that are in, on my mind as far as putting cameras and, you know, other um, uh, technology to improve. But right now, the most, the biggest need we have is the basics to fix that first. Mm. So the plan is to m move uh, towards the technology later on once we've, we have some revenue generated. That's also... I imagine the cost of labor there is so much cheaper that it doesn't make sense to automate things compared to here. Maybe if like, I don't know, like a cashier and stuff. So G kind of brought up a example a while ago where he said, um, basically what you just said is that, like I said, oh, w once you can automate things, everyone's just going to have robots to do it. And then he said, well, if the labor is cheap, he, his argument was that, the labor would be cheaper than the robots, but I disagreed, and I don't remember what my argument was, but I thought that as soon, I mean, as long as you can get the economies of scale, yeah. mm -hmm. then the price of the machine should right. theoretically not 
should be cheaper than a human. Correct. So I think that's the, probably the key is mm. the economy of scale. I don't think you can, for instance, with the sm even though I mean 20 acres might uh, feel large, but it's really small when it comes to implementing something like robots to do things. Right. So uh, on that note, I mm. know you want to live in the present, but say we move 50 years from now, mm -hmm. and on 60 Minutes they were talking about artificial intelligence, and they said in ed education what they're doing is kind of gauging from facial expressions of instructors and students and to see where optimal learning takes place and what characteristics are needed. Do you anticipate something similar in where the optimal growth, fish growth takes <laughs> place? I mean, where, where do you see the role of artificial intelligence in fish farming? In fish farming? I, I would guess that like if you have some sensors, something to collect information, mm -hmm. then you know, the AI can be running the numbers constantly and then right. spitting out like, here are some suggestions that could increase this so factor or that factor. So what would it look like? What would it look what like? It look in like? A yes, in it a fish would be, farm. It would be, you could be sitting right here in your bedroom in California right. uh, on your laptop uh, while the AI is uh, testing things like... Um, Water, so water yeah, or size of the fish. Mm -hmm. Size of fish, yeah. the, um, the wa water density pH. or pH, pH level. Yeah. Balance, yeah. Or it could even be like, the, it looks like the yield of this fish is lower, but the cost to or have the fish is cheaper and to sell it is a higher profit. And so you maybe, should be making this fish. Yeah, maybe it could be calculating <laughs> like what your, at this rate, what your yield is going to be mm -hmm. by the time uh, the and, harvesting And is. also changing the mix of the feed, you know, according to what the, how the size is uh, growing. Right. So yeah, those are the things that if could be If the fish aren't feeling well one day, they get less food or they get more or food. Yeah. Or whether, <laughs> or the, if they are not eating, yes. you would lower the amount of uh, and so to avoid waste. And yeah. I wonder how if cloning can come into this process. So uh, you bring up a good question because this time uh, we found some uh, this breed of fish that was in there but wasn't intentional mm -hmm. that had grown the most uh, among others and we were trying to find out if we can get that um, basically uh, genre of <laughs> fish hmm. uh, but uh, it was not an intentional thing apparently it was a hybrid that hmm. nobody had intended but I'm sure if we had some lab or scientists working on it that could have uh, and what were you other than it being just uh, unexpected was it because it became a, a big fish a is big why you're interested in it? correct oh, correct okay. and all you know the all the ones that we of that kind that we took out they were very large interesting hmm. so so that's a good example of how technology could help uh, yeah. in, improve. So are there any, I know you said you, you still need to take care of the basics, but uh, is there any sort of low level uh, technology that you could implement within the next year or something like yeah, that? Yeah, cameras is something that I'm thinking mm -hmm. of uh, that we can. For security or to monitor the fish? Both. Uh, monitor the the labor, uh, mm. your labor, making right. sure they are doing what they are, especially because I'm not there. Right. So it would be for both. Uh, Maybe even an automatic feeder, like they have for like cats and dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be another step. Would if that, it's would that ever be a human thing as well? What do you mean? You know, somebody's oh, playing video foods. games for hours on end, <laughs> and they just you know Make need food. a 
box dropping down to give them something to eat so they can just concentrate or on the video game. Oh. <laughs> a trough. That you can see that. Yeah, maybe. Um, wait, I was gonna I was gonna pivot our conversation. Oh, so so that's your business in in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, are you interested in anything? I know you kind of. Um, you kind of, uh, kind of are acting as a, a consultant on a small scale, talking to some of the people in your network and connecting them. Uh, is that something you're interested in more actively doing, or is it something that kind of just comes up? As, and I don't know if as it comes up, but yeah, it comes up. yeah, I have not. I mean, yeah, I don't pursue that uh, actively. Mm. It's just if somebody comes and asks. Mm me uh f- you know for some help in connecting with someone and if i know someone that can help mm. and uh, is there anything else you you'd be interested in a creative endeavor or just anything uh in in the united states i could be but uh i don't know if i would take the initiative so it would have to kind of come my way gotcha. tell us about your initiative taking in your previous life when you were an engineer what what inspired you um, in to take an initiative there if as in your retired life you you're unsure if you really want to take the initiative even in my uh, career as mm-hmm. such yeah. I mean I again I was not the seeker to mm-hmm. go and look for startups mm-hmm. so I most of my career was in um, a very stable industry the hard mm-hmm. drive storage industry and actually I was just um, thinking back that I even my first company that I started with, we, can you name it? Intercell. Intercell. Okay. Yes. okay. And they used to make uh, add-on memory uh, for large IBM mainframes. Mm-hmm. And at the time, believe it or not, the storage that these huge boxes were being built for was a meg and a half. Yeah, mm. it's very dinky. Now you have the <laughs> now you have the NVMe M.2 things oh, that are yeah. like. Yeah. terabyte easy uh, yes <laughs> exactly so that shows you that's this is consumer. 1978 so oh. mm. um but i have been in the storage industry se- uh, ever since other than maybe one company that uh, so well, what is the storage company uh, storage industry going to look like in 10 years based on what how you've seen it the trajectory over the last 30 years so it seems to be that the traditional hard drives are getting less and less they are Currently not in any uh, personal computers or laptops. They're all SSDs. The um, data centers, however, are still growing and they are the main users of hard drives because there it's not um, economically uh, feasible to have uh, SSDs uh, as storage. Are those Uh, data centers, are they like uh chip based or are they like so so yeah let yeah. me let me correct that so there okay. is tiers of storage okay. uh, you have tier one two and three let's keep it simple mm-hmm. so tier one is something that for instance when you are on facebook you are constantly using mm-hmm. so they don't want any delay in that so that's so you scrolling through your news feed and then the images are correct, loading the texts right. are loading so facebook will have the tier one as your you know the, something that you use very often mm-hmm. mm. then there is st- um, uh, s- storage that you maybe use sometimes 
and that will go into the second and the ones that maybe there are uh, your pictures that have not been used for a long time you'll notice when you try to click on them it takes a while to uh, pull them up and the reason is they are probably sitting in the the probably on a hard drive uh, which needs to spin up first and then you will be able to pull that information so um, so that's so how the tier one probably uses the flash the flash, flash SSD which is like SSDs for, mm. for those so I was going to correct myself the S uh, data centers still use SSDs but they are it's a premium storage compared to More the rest of the right. yeah, mm. yeah. Um, what was the tier third tier? Third would be again something that you rarely use. So okay. and they'll store that stuff on right. a hard dr so hard drives. Uh, hard, yeah, hard. So even the second would be on hard drives, but second might be spun up already and it's ready to be accessed. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third would be the dr uh, hard drive is spun down and it's only uh, spun up when you ask for this. Is the cost different? So you have an SSD solid state drive and you have a hard drive, traditional hard drive. Mm -hmm. hard, traditional hard drive is a uh, mechanical thing where there's mm -hmm. a uh, what do you call it spinning disk a head thing that will yeah, read yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. and then the solid state drive is just uh, uh, it's a flash chip. technology just yeah, it's like a chip yeah. um, just based on that alone mm -hmm. it, is it really more expensive not take IP out of this just like the materials to make an mm -hmm. SSD versus mm -hmm. the materials mm -hmm. to make a hard drive I would imagine the hard drive would be has more materials than an SSD. Would you agree? Correct, but the ratio is something like five or seven to one. What's the what ratio of of hard drives to an SSD? The cost. Oh, to make because to there's make. a lot of right, more but so factories. but that cost is not due to the materials. That's due to like the intellectual property. The technology, property. everything. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, the manufacturing cost. So, do you think the future could be where hard drives are eliminated and we only have solid state drives? Uh, they could be the case eventually. Eventually. That okay. that would as because over time uh, SSDs have become cheaper. Well, there's also like sometimes what was that limitation they had like last year a few years back where like ssds were increasing in price because it was difficult to make oh or? it's the um, it might be the uh to make the chips similar to like memory they have like limited number of uh, machines to manufacture Produce? these oh, chips okay so well i know and well, i was in the data center business mm -hmm. um sometimes yeah the memory flash-based technology can be bottlenecked by production from these limited machines. I forget what they're called. You might remember the name of them. Um, oh, fabs. Yeah, fabs. What does that stand? Does that stand for anything? Uh, fabrication, basically, oh, okay. of, uh, you know, where you get wafers and you're making the chips. Right. Mm. So there would be times where we'd have orders and they would get... Backlogged. We, yeah, they would get backlog, backlogged and we would work with the customers and be like, hey... We, you're gonna have a delay on these these clusters. We can switch them, and our engineers and their engineers would talk and be like, okay, let's use the hard drives in these instead, or something like that. Right. Mm. Um, and fabs are very expensive to set up. It's from my previous uh, uh, knowledge, it was like a, over a billion dollars to just uh, set up a one like system. And you don't want to. Uh, establish a new fab unless you're sure you have the uh, you know the output the, the, 
the need for the demand for for uh, so increasing it. I have mm. a question from from a lay person's perspective that when we look at storage, especially on a short term kind of storage, not the disk drive, but the you know the floppy drive and the mm. disk drive and the CDs and the DVDs and mm. so on, and they've evolved so much. Now we, as individuals, save in the uh, in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, what next? So, well, f- one, so the first pivot, I think, is that you just mentioned is the cloud. So when you used to want to listen to music, you would download that stuff, put it on a CD, an MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's all s- streaming, right? So all the, s- the files are stored in the cloud. And then we, with our smartphones or whatever, can just stream the information instead. We think it, we feel it's the ultimate at this point, but there must be something which is even better. I yeah. Feel like, well, they still well, would so, want to progress on that. Like, I feel like they would want to make it so that you literally have no memory on your devices, mm-hmm. but the capabilities of like satellites are fast enough to be able to go to these data centers. So everything, maybe there's another thing. Though. Everything's kind of becoming a service. So the computer industry is where before y- you would have to manually, uh, there's a word for this too, but I don't remember, not catalog, but go f- find Cash? music, oh. mm-hmm. find mu- you have to do the, re- there's yes. some research involved in finding music, downloading it, now it's uh, and, given and to ma- you. managing yes. the collection of, yes. of media or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Now it's a whole service. The mm-hmm. Spotify, the iTunes, they're the ones who manage the catalog. Mm-hmm. And you can essentially, with the stream radio stations, you can it, it'll play a song, mm-hmm. you can like it, and then it'll play like-minded songs after that. So, so they've taken on that as a service. Um, so the next step... Well, I think we're in the process of uh, anything tech-based becoming services. Um, let's see. Is there anything else, something that we do manually currently that is maybe going to become a service? I'm trying to think. Or, or, or is it the... I think as far as when you were asking about like storage, what would be the next like floppy mm-hmm. disk? If they somehow were capable of not creating a physical storage location, like if there was some way they could use software to make it that that you wouldn't need server rooms that would probably be well, the next thing I don't know. they're constantly looking at the cheapest way of uh, s- storing basically you know mm-hmm. for instance ssds the today's technology if they find uh, i know intel was working on something s- on along the lines of ssds but they were like 10 times you could s- store more um, data hmm. on the same ssd so that's where the, all the energies are towards, you know, making storage basically cheaper. Uh, but as far as this uh, <coughs> goes, as far as being in the cloud, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think the next uh, step will be this. Um, file compression? Shoot, I'm losing it. Uh, oh, no. So so the, the first jump was, was um, the companies um, managing the content the next step is generating the content it's going to be some sort of automated way that's connected to your um, kind of responses where it'll the AI and machine learning will generate let's say music and it'll be reading how you're mm-hmm. taking it in and then so as, as it's in taking it in it's going to adjust or, exactly mm-hmm. it'll adjust it to make you 
well, if you want to feel good, then it'll <laughs> adjust the music in a way to make it feel good. So it'll start gener making its own music based on your live like uh, responses to the music or to the movie would be really because cool. Because if, if you think how... of... Well, your question started... was about like storage, though. Like how, what was, would be the next? It was primarily about storage, yeah. but, but all of the, this evolution over the last, at least for my 30 years of being aware of technology was first it was um you know using computers to do things mm -hmm. easier than it was in, you know access to knowledge that with the internet and then speed in relation to access to knowledge and then more customized knowledge um and as far as the storage industry it was kind of it was i i would not have anticipated the trajectory you know because every time something happened you think oh my goodness i wouldn't have imagined that i needed it but now i think i need it and i can't live without it especially with mobile and, and one yeah. of the one of the reasons we came to where we are today because you had all these pcs with hard drives their own mm -hmm. hard drives if you recall and the, what was happening is what they realized is everybody was using maybe 10 20 percent of their hard drive and the rest of the storage was being wasted mm -hmm. so that's where the cloud thing came in saying let's put this in the cloud now you just as you the, the cloud people will increase the storage as is needed but your 10 people might be sharing the same hard drive now but what I find sure. interesting, kind of in relation to this, or not exactly, but like uh, I receive a email in Google, okay, mm -hmm. and I click on respond, and Google already anticipates that I want to say thank you for that, or you know, I I'll get back to you. There's a they've right, already right. kind of anticipated what I should respond to the text that I have received, Auto or the information oh, I've I've received. I've talked about this with my click of friends, automated human interaction. And and <laughs> at, at some point, will it be just you know, I click and it's unless I change it, it's just going to yeah. respond. Well, what it thinks. if we can just get a sensor in your brain, it'll. It'll just, you'll just think it and then it'll type it out. Or maybe we don't have to have it implanted in our brain. Maybe it'll be <laughs> some wave that we haven't tuned into, a wave that comes from our brain. I'm just making yeah, this yeah, up. I, I know. No, sorry. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, it's, all, uh, it's all part of self-learning machines, right? So, right, yeah. Yeah. Art, yeah, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Would you say machine learning is a part, is a subcategory of artificial intelligence? Uh, yeah, I would say. Okay. Yeah. No. So that, so that, yeah, that would be but, machine but, learning. But the thing where this all is artificial intelligence going is that machines learn from your behavior, yeah, what to expect. That's part of the thing when Google, you know, we are entering a form, everything starts getting filled in, right? Right. I mean, that's all. They're reading these the paragraphs and they're like, okay, we yeah. generally know we're, what we're, kind of. We know this information. We're so, before. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. we're so predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Nika always beings. says thank you at this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always thank my. Oh, you know what? Machines. That would be a really interesting, uh, ex, you know, thing, if you send responses that are unanticipated and see if your Google um, reply. Oh, see what mm. it does. Sorry, I don't know what you mean by this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, some kind of a few swear words here and there, or yeah. something. I don't know. Could Help you it train? learn. Yes, yeah, yes. you could. Yeah, I'm sure you could train it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I mean. Uh, Cut yeah. off your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, there, there's a funny clip on uh, Alexa where, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, where, you know, it's a self-driving uh, thing and 
the, so the uh, Alexa keeps responding. A police guy stops the the driver, mm. saying, "You know, for driving so fast." And he said, "No, officer, I wasn't driving so fast." But Alexa says, "Yes, you were. You were going 80 miles." <laughs> <laughs> That'll be part of the future. It's like yeah. you won't even be able to. Exactly. Well, we were watching that. What was that movie we were watching the other night? Um, um, I don't remember the name uh, of the movie, but w- what was the premise? A- Aaron oh, Anon. 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 Anonymous. Mm. What was that about? Anonymous. I uh, fell asleep, so. <laughs> it, it, it was all about, uh, first of all, uh, the police or the government Did, has all the information about you mm. and you're from your facial uh, rec- you know recognition mm. Mm. so as the police guy is going through the streets uh, he can he knows everybody's names and mm. what they do and all the relevant information mm. and there's one or two people that don't show up they're not on, they're the, on, grid. The, on the grid yeah. and they have been able to hack the system and they choose not to be on the grid because uh, because even amongst the and because i was uh, awake around that time mm-hmm. they even with people that are friends you know you could say i'm losing my memory of this because yeah. he his son dies when he's mm. 10 years old and so he's got these memories and the hackers are deleting his memory right. mm. and so he says to his wife send me those pictures again yeah, kind of, of, of his uh, yes of his mm. son but yeah. they they do it not through they when they call people there's it's not a phone or anything it's just their their mind yeah, thinks mm-hmm. and then it, they have these conversations but they are able to intercept into your mind and be able to uh, basically your database is somewhere mm. they can access and they can tell what you've been up to and uh, but but no the the piece that I found interesting was it wasn't just about the big brother concept it was everyday interactions right. were also you, you with by choice and in fact not to give the ending away but why not spoiler <laughs> nobody's alerts. watching spoiler yes. alert <laughs> the at the end the, the the main character says I do not want to be on the grid she chooses you know she's not a hacker in the negative right. way she just says I you know, it's not about you knowing everything I do. It's just I don't care for you to know everything I do. So, do you think uh, if we ever got to if humanity gets to that point that uh, governments will um, there will be a social implication of being on the grid where if you're not, it's socially irresponsible. But it could also be the other way around, would be your privacy, uh, you know, uh, you're giving away. Well, that's the first, that's the kind of Because one thing I think is like, oh, this will be a good way to know, like, who, like, as I'm walking in the street, like, I'm around non-dangerous people. Mm. That that would make me feel better. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the case with, like, or the big debate with, like, body cams on cops. mm -hmm. Because, like, it... It helps validate, you know, what the cop is seeing mm-hmm. and also what the accuser or accused is seeing. Mm-hmm. But there is that whole privacy battle like, okay, well, is this... Because there was a point where his this guy's girlfriend or she says, let me look in... Or his, yeah, well, let me look in his past. And he says, no, I, I cannot let you. Mm-hmm. And his reasons were more because uh also because of the stuff he knew from work and he didn't want to share that mm. um, but, but when did this level of personal privacy 
become so important to humanity yeah, always has been has it always been i, I mean espe- so. n- well if if i think it was just hu- naturally well, there. i guess me and donna have, wouldn't know because we no no but i i'm thinking he, even you know the concept of slave we owned people we owned women we you know you, mm-hmm. it's not like as an individual um you didn't have freedom so at what point you know i feel like you've you've always had like your information held you know to yourself and you were able to tell people what you wanted to about yourself even but as a culture so once that started to shift once it started to shift on the internet what you're talking about is something different you're talking about well did we give the same right to slaves or you know women other other people but as far as you as far as so here's the thing the interaction between the privacy of the mind and the control of the mind um so as a society um various societies have always tried to control the way the masses think mm-hmm. okay um and so they have imposed ideas on them either through religion or through political you know propaganda or also you know and and have restricted or through censorship and have restricted what you can think about mm-hmm. and the only way that you can really see what someone is thinking mm-hmm. about is through mm-hmm. their actions mm-hmm. or through their words as they communicate mm-hmm. um so so there's always been this but, need to control but your this, thought this is exactly mm-hmm. why you need the your privacy so you cannot uh, people i think you're trading you. what we're doing is we're trading our privacy for freedom is what is happening right like maybe before there was a lot of things you weren't capable of doing with the internet you can but the side effect is that we're also giving more information about ourselves but we've also realized that the, what the, uh, Anika is talking about was wrong and to correct that is where the privacy why it's important to have the privacy uh, so that you exactly don't fall into Or is into it the... even possible to have that level of privacy maybe not it, because is it just part I was going to say I think we kind of like we lost privacy in the sense uh, maybe not to like the people we know, but uh, like all the services we use, uh, it, it exposes our information to the the large companies that. Once we've created a passport, it. I don't know if there's anything created, negative about that, but yeah. what? like even even when we started by identifying by having an ID card, mm-hmm. uh, somebody knows now where we live, and by default, there's con- things connected to my address right. or my social security number or my passport number you know, where I travel to. So that part of my action cannot be kept private. Um, so the the modern state has by default created a way to control the individual. But the Just similar to the ancient. It's not like if, as in the past, people were given freedom, but there was still not that level of identification of the individual. But it's also about where, who is, uh, who has that information. The yes, government. The government does, but yes. now who do they sh- share it with is the important part. Yes, but do we, well, we know having grown up in places or, yeah. you know, even here, we know well, that just because it's the government doesn't mean it that the government is trustworthy. True, but that's where we are trying to keep control I know it of. wasn't supposed to be political. But no, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just saying I'm not interested in politics. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just trying to think, like, um, like, do I, why do I care about my privacy? Like, 
Yeah, what I is don't, the human need? I'm trying to think about, like, do I care about my privacy? The only thing I care about is, like, I don't want someone Social targeting stuff. me oh, yeah. for anything. Right. Marketing or malicious things. I don't want you to sell me stuff. I'm not, I hate that. Um, but beyond that, like, well, I guess, are you guys okay with all these companies kind of knowing what you do and they it's, it's gray whether or not they sell your information but um like uh, like facebook or, or gmail may, they'll use your information to make decisions mm-hmm. are you comfortable and and it's not necessarily something you've probably unintentionally consented to giving them that information but but you haven't really thought about yeah yeah i'm okay with giving them that are you okay or I guess, what are your all your thoughts on just your in, your actions, your information being given to big companies and used, not for negative reasons necessarily, but just to to try and cater to humanity? Any thoughts on that? I I think as long as f- first of all, I also hate uh, being targeted, bombarded with uh, as soon as I do a search on something, mm. whether it's you, and then I get. Right, and then you see the ads Many, for the so, shoe that so you search. So it's <laughs> annoying more so. Uh, other than that, I'm okay as far as um, sharing or them having that information about my likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as again, if I'm not, it, it's not being misused uh, somehow. Mm-hmm. So I I feel that a lot of the data that is gathered, I mean we a lot of changes and efficiencies in our society are created by the gathering of big data, so to speak. Um, so we have benefited, whether it's, you know, um, our GPS and where the traffic is more or less or, you know, all of that and where, where to build roads and, you know, where to put security cameras. Um, so so on that note, it's positive. I, I don't really care if my activities benefit society but i also know that there are times where there are major implications to individuals because of who they are and what they believe or what they don't believe and on in the global society as opposed to the u.s are the many people's lives are impacted by the kind of information even in the u.s i mean what is put on facebook or social media and you know we see that there are implications and sometimes it's not uh, an agency or a government it's individuals or smaller groups that target individuals Mm -hmm. but then that's then the argument of the sort you know the gun or the you know if it's whoever's hand it's in they will i think uh go ahead oh uh i think for me I don't think the the advertising thing annoys me as much because I knew it was that it was always part of our culture anyway, whether it be pop-ups or like TV ads. I, I always found them annoying, but at least in this case, they're a little more relevant to me. So they're still I, working on it. Well, yeah, they're still making That's, it that, better. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's annoying but, that like, oh, I searched for a shoe and like now that shoe comes up as an ad. Right, right. It's like, that's not very useful. But, but I would like, rather be getting bats than like just getting ads for like baby things diapers or something r- randomly, right? You don't want right. to get that so, baby you don't diapers? Want diapers. Yeah. <laughs> or well, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are times when you do get, you know, you get information and you think, this is exactly what I, I want. want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm true. that gullible person, I guess. So, I mean, it's still <laughs> annoying, but 
at least it's a little better than what it was before, I think. And then just giving information away. At first, I was thinking I would wouldn't mind it as long as the companies were honest about why they why they were taking my information. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to wonder, like, why why would why does that matter? Yes, I, I, and right. who is the company? Well, like Google, like if Google yeah. was using my information to sell it to another company because they wanted to give my demographics and likes yes. to someone. I think one problem that exists is uh, mm. more more people need to just be, more people need to work in the tech industry and to take control of some of these systems or at least create them. Because if you, if we have our limited Googles and Microsofts or whatever, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can like argue in court. Yeah, we want to. Uh, uh, you guys can't take this information, uh, but they're so powerful that uh, it's going to be hard to stop them. So you have to become the lay person has to kind of go on that side and start. I mean, it's it's a it's a career change. You basically have to become a software computer engineer. Uh, but to to if you if you care about these decisions and you want to uh, influence how we're going to progress forward as a society in the technology industry then i think more people just need to get into uh, computer engineering so they're the ones creating these companies uh, as opposed to limiting it to the few i i I think uh, also this area is so new as we found out from the hearings of uh, facebook um, Uh, oh yeah, I CEO I saw Zuckerberg. Of that. It was mm. pretty even, embarrassing. Even our lawmakers were so um, ignorant about you know. So, but now they have since this uh, Pandora box has opened up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now everybody is getting into the details of it. Basically, there was no regulation on this before. Right. And now I think people are getting. I I don't think you need to be a computer engineer to. Uh, uh, I mean, mm. yeah, you can understand it better, mm-hmm. but just having regulation as far as what information can be uh, collected what can be passed on and all the you know understanding the system and and restricting and truly implementing uh you know that uh, what was the bill gates hearing about because i remember he also had a situation where he was like recently no 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 that was oh that was when microsoft is becoming a monopoly Monopoly. yeah Uh, so what was happening was there was the small they were gobbling up uh small uh, companies they still did basically (laughs) a a lot of these big companies do that you go in Mm. with your ideas and they reject you Mm. and then they take those ideas and Uh, implement them so. so so here's another way that i think of data gathering related to um Um, governments and also companies what about the census taking and the times when the the data that was gathered before technology but was gathered by officials whether it was the east india company you know categorizing groups of people and kind of uh, or it was other governments the census taking basically Mm -hmm. was who's where Mm -hmm. and what are they doing and you know how many people do they have in their family and what's their religious affiliation you know whenever census has been about Mm -hmm. certain groups of people Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's it's always been a human need it seems Mm -hmm. like to Mm -hmm. gather large information and then it's not always to the benefit of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, so this is not a new problem. No, it it's is. an ancient problem. Knowledge is power. 
Yeah, I think it helps with clarity, right? You want to, as a human who wants to, I don't know, build something, make something, advance in life, mm. you want to create clarity. So by collecting all this information, you can have a better understand, a better understanding of who these humans are that you trade with, what are their characteristics, and how can I mm -hmm. take advantage of this uh, to do whatever it is that I want to do. So how would this be taught in an educational setting? This this human need of knowing who you're giving information to. I mean, you know, like you have the basics of education, a reading and writing and mm. arithmetic kind of concept and then critical thinking and then the creative arts. What, what yeah. category would this fit into? And now they're saying we should provide financial uh, training to students in high schools, and some schools are doing that mm -hmm. because people are mismanaging their funds. And, you know, what would this category... Is this something Data that is mining. already... Data mining. Uh, yeah, it could be some general um, information technology class. Like, Well, for one, I don't know if they do this, but they should be teaching you how to file your taxes and real-life stuff in high school and... Maybe some elementary schools school. are starting some financial literacy and, and right. they have financial programs. literacy. So Apparently this in could... Germany they do that, but like mm. some of the people say like they don't pay attention. So. Oh, <laughs> that's your fault. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it could be some sort of hey, introduction to like hey, this is how like information is transferred in today's age. Uh, I don't know some I guess t teach people in a at a very high level uh, about data centers, mm -hmm. uh, the internet, um, just physically how it's, I mean, maybe some people don't know that there's actually cables underneath the sea that, you know, connect the internet together. Mm -hmm. So just things like that to help people really picture how human society is, uh, you know. So it's like a lesson on dinosaurs, there'd be a lesson on cables. My, yeah. <laughs> so my uh, subject uh, for this would be called data mining. Okay. Well, and oh yeah go add on to that. and um what are some what is what is a, the general what are some topics that you think the so this is you're saying as a class to teach like maybe high school right, kids right. or something and, and, and of course then there so would be categories because be? now if you think of uh, kindergartners using yeah. <laughs> yeah kindergarten yeah that's a good question they have ha you know people have handheld technology at all levels and they're clicking and pressing buttons yeah, and how do you you can't how do you teach a, i mean Clearly well, it depends on what level you're teaching at, right? At the junior level, you're talking in general terms. But as you go up, now you can, I mean, under data mining, you can have so many different categories mm -hmm. right. of what you're talking about. Privacy could be just one of them, right? And then what are you trying to do with your data mining? Is it for marketing purposes? I mean, for marketing, marketeers, it would be a huge... Uh, no, I'm thinking of the individual being protected. Okay, you're talking and, about and, privacy. And, and so I'm that would be... Well, primarily, you uh, not just privacy, but understanding that when you press this button, the implications of pressing a button, what it has, or, or even with artificial intelligence, when you smile after you look at you know something right. it, so it's going to get more but intricate but you, ev every button you press so depending on the application the implications are going to be different well of mm. course right. but so, right. that, so you but can't teach every every application but i think what you would teach in that scenario is, is like knowing. hey like I'm, yeah. obviously i'm not going to tell you specifically what each yes. button does but yeah like right. know that there are these general implications right. come 
five different companies could be getting a set of information from this button click mm-hmm. uh, and a, whatever but, else you want to tell them. Or a YouTube that you watch. If you keep clicking on this to watch these kind of YouTubes, this is what... But I think re- this is where regulation, which we are lacking right now, will come uh, mm-hmm. handy as far as, okay, when you do... What are the things that the companies can collect about you? And actually, I was thinking just that. My, I think my class would be like data ethics because mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out like, okay, what are some areas where collecting data can be used maliciously? Mm-hmm. And th- I think there was someone, two people were prosecute, prosecuted last week um, who were uh, had a website where they would put your mugshot on their website and they would reach out, they would have a team that would reach out to these mm. people and say, if you pay us, we'll take off this oh, from our oh, website. Oh, oh. So mugshots are, I guess, public information, but the act of doing that uh, is extortion. Yes, yes. Yeah. So those two, um, and funny enough, well, I saw their mugshot on Reddit. <laughs> like, like, these but two that idiots. was a criminal act to begin Yeah, yeah. Yes, so yes. What, what are cases, or I guess my class would be like, what are cases where data can be used ethically, where it's like, to benefit the user and mm-hmm. the user knows it's benefiting yeah. them and what are areas where it's clearly it's being used maliciously using for extortion, extortion or using maybe that that's an extreme case so it could but be where's the, the line ethics. of yeah. yes the discussion around ethics yeah. and technology yeah i'm also now starting i'm starting to think about how just like k through eight like education would change like you think about like reading about history in a textbook yeah like i wonder if you would learn about history through like a Facebook feed or something where it's like mm. there are these news cha- you compile together some news channels or um, and we articles. Do, we do get training on how to use Facebook in, and other technologies in the classroom. So mm-hmm. it, I would imagine that people are already using it on a regular basis. There are some very experimental schools, particularly in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. where there is no curriculum. It's really project-based where students, they have their you know, tablets or whatever, and they put their projects together, and then they learn the other supportive skills like communication, literacy, and creative element. Do you think people will care, though? If I think about when you had these classes classes about, you know, whether it be sex ed or drugs or whatever they're trying to teach you, those ones kind of... uh, I, I get the sense that, like... The, the kids wouldn't really care anyway. Some would, mm-hmm. but a lot it's, wouldn't. It's a good question. What what of your education really stays with you mm-hmm. and and maybe at the time doesn't Like later on, you, appre- you could appreciate some of those things. Like, yeah. oh, wow, this is... They were just trying to... If you're just trying to give someone knowledge, that's good. But, but a, as a kid, uh, even a teenager, sometimes you don't really care. Yeah. Um, but I guess that cycle will just repeat like again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Till the end of time. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. I, unless unless, of course, we rethink education because this is a fairly new form of education in this public, you know, the past hundred years of educating people uh, in masses. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe 
after artificial intelligence kind of has progressed, there'll be a totally Our teachers, computers will be teaching us. There won't be any more teachers. No, they Sorry, will mom. always be teachers. Yeah. <laughs> no, the teachers, no, the teachers will become software engineers and they will be programming mm. the, the automated teachers. Yeah. I think there will always need to be a human connection. That what make, That's what makes us human is connecting yeah. with each other. To learn. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Why? I agree I mean, and disagree. I agree that... A human connection is probably important, but I disagree in that, or I think that like a human connection can be made through, just like just like Facebook, it, you're there's a human connection. You're not actually nobody's talking to you, but you can read the the humanness. But but you you the founder of Wooty Banter. Oh yeah. What about <laughs> it? We're sitting here talking. We're not texting each other. Right. Well, there's a, a conversation, I think, is, a, you know, adds different elements. And I don't have the technology right now to automate this. So I would if I did. I could. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be sitting around the dining uh, table. Yeah, we have robots talking <laughs> to each other. Robots, yeah. I, I would definitely do that if I, but that's, you know. Maybe a year from now, yeah, it won't be year. us. I'm sure somebody can Holograms. do it. Uh, can we get a Jeet in here? He's the <laughs> probably most qualified person so for this. Computers could be uh, talking about self-learning and what. Yeah, they could be, and they could be spitballing, yeah. just like we're spitballing, yeah. and they, they but they. Oh, would, that, I, I learned this today. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> ooh, what is that? Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> just like this, yes. except they're they will be able to analyze those thoughts at a, a much, much higher level, faster. Yeah. As yeah. We're we're just human races, just we're done. <laughs> <laughs> But then we could just do no. It. I don't think human race is done. We're our role. It will just shift, right? We're we're using computers. We'll just be uh, fixing them. Yeah, we'll be maintaining them. These are systems that can calculate things way faster, and you can we can use that to our advantage. Um, and we're at we have eight minutes left, so we breeze through this fifty-two minutes pretty nice. quickly. Um, talked about is anything else about Munim's? That we can yes, delve I into. Anything yes, is else? there anything is there anything from, on your mind? From fisheries to technology, <coughs> is there anything in between or above and anything beyond? Anything you've learned in your career in the tech industry that you would pass on to someone like Ajit? Yes. Ajit, yes. Double E E. So during my career I had always struggled with the thought of um, doing my own business versus doing a nine to five or eight to five, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I have vacillated between the two over time. Um, whereas uh, having your own business is um, attractive from a point of view that you are doing things that you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. uh, however, there are risks involved in it. It's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of work, but also the fact that you may not succeed, and uh, so so you don't regret not having done your own business. Yeah. But no, I still think that you mm. should try. You should and, try at least and, once. And try it. Uh, you know, if you can succeed, it's probably more fulfilling, in my mm -hmm. opinion, uh, if you are successful in that. Um, and just to add to that, I think with cloud services being so the entry is very cheap if you're talking about some tech business i'm sticking and i'm going right to software right. that's mm -hmm. something that yeah i agree everyone should just make that a running thing you know an aws bill i pay like a dollar a month mm -hmm. so that should always to start your own business you should always keep trying that because it's so cheap but true. anyway continue true so 
Am I? I wasn't just thinking of uh, tech, but tech, te- tech okay. would definitely help out. The only thing of tech I'm thinking is, yeah, there are always new ideas, and probably software is where most of the tech uh, ideas would come from. Whereas hardware has become so restrictive and expensive mm-hmm. that you could not start a company where you could have so much of your funds to invest in a high tech uh, or, or a a hardware company uh so yeah um so there is the debate is still between the stability of a job and Mm -hmm. then what you want to do also one other aspect of this i would say and in over my career i found that there are people who can be who are successful in a corporate environment how they get on with people, how you interact with people, uh, just your nature. Uh, you know, some people can be more successful and move up the ladder uh, versus others. Right. But there is also always, if you want to, be, if you're an engineer and you want to be an engineer and are happy with not uh, moving up, uh, I mean, just find course, satisfaction. Yeah, finding mm-hmm. satisfaction, you could also do that. But uh, so that would be my. But always take, try and take try, a risk at try least. Try take a risk. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and the the earlier you take those risks, the better, because you don't have that far to fall. Like right. kids and all the other baggage. But at least you were, <laughs> at least you were self-aware <laughs> enough to realize that okay, like I enjoy the comfort of a corporate environment where I'm getting all my benefits covered, having money, and then were having s- my weekends to relax w- and enjoy. Were you self-aware of this, or is this a thought after your career? No. Well, a lot of it is after my career because also remember, for me, it was a bit different than you guys right. who grew up here. Right. I came from. Uh, you know, different culture, went, came here to study and then went into the work environment. So just having a job was a big deal uh, right. for me. Right. Uh, thinking about starting my own company was probably not even in, in the picture at that point. Right. And and at that time, I think even getting a job seemed as if you oh, had it arrived. Was. It, it was, was that was yes. more of a <laughs> yeah. accomplishment. It's, I got a job. Correct, and oh. and being able to get a green card based on your job and all that was success for you. You you know you, yes. you, you, you our definition of success was different as immigrants. Correct, correct. So so yes, so it it this th- these thoughts uh, were more later on in life uh, when there was more stability. So. Gotcha. And, and the other th- aspect of it is, there w- you know, I lived through the dot-com boom, and that was when everybody was either in a startup or moving. So being in a stable company, it seemed like you were being left behind mm. around mm. that time. Actually, funny you bring that up. Uh, Ajit sometimes mentions this thing of, he feels this like pressure in the Silicon Valley or Bay Area of like, in the tech industry specifically of mm. like people starting their own business and like mm. he, he wants a more laid back feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my response to that was like, why? I mean, I mean, people are starting their own businesses. That shouldn't, you shouldn't feel pressure to like, Oh, I need to be like advancing something or mm. like, why can't you just, you're, you're making a nice income at whatever job you're at. Uh, why would one, is that something you think so exists? Some pressure of like, Oh, everyone's like yeah, starting yeah. starting something. something. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was basically really talking about mm. uh, just now is your stability. You, you can have that stable job, but right. then 
if you look because we live in the silicon valley where things are you know new ideas and new companies are growing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that pressure is there maybe if you were somewhere midwest or you know you wouldn't have that <laughs> and w- when all the the innovation moves to China, then you won't feel the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> How long? Well, but oh. right now we still have yes. the innovation is still here. Yes. China might have moved into manufacturing, but the innovation is still still here. And I don't. But that's that. not something you can just kind of ignore. Like you for can. me, I, maybe I don't know. I, I come from. Well, I've worked in the business operations field for a couple of years. Um, so my mentality, and I was working here. I didn't feel like you maybe, can one. I don't one. I don't socialize with a lot of people, so that's probably why Ajit's <laughs> way more social than me. But uh, I didn't. I was like, okay, if people are starting their own business, cool. Like, uh, good for a, them. I don't. Doesn't mean I'm going to. But it that's all. True. I think it all depends on how ambitious you are too. Mm, does yeah. that mean Ajit's secretly ambitious? Yes. No, it's secretly. <laughs> yeah. He's very really openly yeah, ambitious. Yeah, yeah, that's true. How long? You wouldn't be good doing your masters at Stanford if you weren't yeah, ambitious. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> how long do you think you like if you were or had started your own company? Mm-hmm. How long do you think you would continue with it until you realize that it's not working out? Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> you think if in the it, first year? It, it, uh, no. I guess it depends. No, any, every, every company, it, it, two, three years. It really depends because on when you decide to give up that's and when yeah, the money yeah, runs out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and also when you think that, okay, this idea is uh, not going anywhere. So right. you, it has well, to somebody's your, already taken it and, your, and your, run with it. And, and, and that goes both ways, right? You could have a bad idea, you can prolong it, and that mm. wouldn't be good for you. Uh, and then just giving up on something too soon. If it's not sustainable, you think? Or Right, right. Okay. Or well, that, That's a good question. I mean, people, I, I feel, would ask, like, hey, how do I know when, like, when to throw in the towel in this business right. idea? And yeah. my response would be like, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Show, prove, prove to me that it works, and then you prove to yourself that it works, that's or no, tell me it's normally, not. But, like, what if you're continuing working on it, and you're like, oh, I really think this is going to go somewhere, and you're yeah. still three years down the line, but, like, but you if, think, oh, I know in But if you think, so you, you may have some goals, <clears throat> and if you achieve those goals uh, as far as technically, hmm. and then you see the response, I think your response is your key indicator. Mm. Uh, I mean, how, you know, if you are, if you're getting traction in the market, and if you've something. got capacity and you've got enough yeah, momentum, yeah, I yeah. mean, you can gauge it. Because some it. some ideas can take a long time to, uh, you know, achieve. Think about the Wright brothers. Yeah. I don't even think did they have a fly. Did they end up <laughs> making it? I don't think so, right? No, I don't they think died. so. They died. They so the response is keep doing it till you die, or just yes, give up yes, and die. Yes, yes. <laughs> or well, give up like and what switch you said, ideas. You you want it to be all consuming. Yeah, and, yeah, that's and, the most satisfying. Yes, you want like, it satisfying. You're not at all sitting there twiddling your thumbs the, like, oh, what the, do I do? The yes. other idea that comes to mind is it's also about finding your success, wherever that may be. Your definition. Your, not your Maybe. definition. Also, you know, knowing your what your strengths are and being able to position yourself, whether it's in the corporate world or if it's in the private, your own company. Right. You know, knowing what your strengths are and being able to place yourself in the right position. I agree. You don't want to just, you don't want to tackle something that's so hard for you that it's going to, you're not going to see any success. Maybe do like a 70, 30 ratio where 70% is, you're probably going to accomplish 30% is like, it's up in the air. And, we don't know. And if you are successful in the corporate world and you're moving up the ladder, I mean, that might be the yeah, that's thing true. to do for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah that's pl- playing the market and, yeah. and selling where there's value and, and yeah. buying where there's value. Yeah. Um, 
All right, well, we're at 5.02 p.m., so so I, I always forget to ask my guests, but Munim, do you have any projects <laughs> or website that you'd like to plug that our viewers could reach you at? And if you don't, that's cool, too. Some of our guests don't have... You don't can I promote do. your wife. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> okay. My, my wife has a book coming up. And, uh, okay. And she has an event, and probably. And an event coming up, and I'll let her speak to that. Okay. Give her my time. Okay. <laughs> um, Anika, what is this event that, you, this event that he speaks of? <laughs> a play on words is going to dra- dramatize uh, one of my chapters, the Shrine of Saimakiyawala at the San Jose Museum of Art on February the 24th at 2 o'clock. Um, San Jose, California. San Jose, California. Mm. So fly out if yeah. you're not here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, is, uh, are there uh, tickets? Do you have to buy them or is it free admission? Uh, um, or is it? Well, uh, Play on Words will be providing some code to be able to get, I think, uh, um, access into the museum. Okay. And um, yeah. What okay. was the date again? February the 24th at yeah. 2 o'clock oh. at the San Jose Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Uh, and on that note, uh, thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, to Go Rams. <laughs> <laughs>